0: friendship isn't the big things it's a million little things hello friends and welcome to this a million little tv shows podcast i'm mike and i'll be delving into tv shows that i feel don't seem to get enough for love over the course of the pod we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows Million Little Things stars David Gentoli as Eddie Seville, Romney Malco as Rome Howard, Alison Miller as Maggie Bloom, Christina Moses as Regina Howard, Grace Park as Catherine Kim, James Roday Rodriguez as Gary Mendez, Stephanie Sostak as Delilah Dixon, Tristan Bayon as Theo Seville, Lizzie Green as Sophie Dixon, and Chance Hurstfield as Danny Dixon. and welcome back. So here we are again, going for it, with A Million Little TV Shows podcast. Now on today's episode, we're going to be discussing A Million Little Things, season two, episodes five to nine. It's going to be a big one, guys, so I'm going to have to get through it. But I'm here to guide you. But firstly, I just wanted to say thank you. There are more listener numbers now, and it's great to see that People are out there listening to this, and not only that, they're enjoying it as well. I'm getting a few comments on Podbean, so if you want to come comment on anywhere else, just come say hi. It's always great to hear from you. But let's get into the episode. Episode 5, Austin. While taking Theo into bed, Catherine is talking to him about dinosaurs. Theo always seems to be a very smart child seems very advanced for his age, not that I've had kids, but the way that he's portrayed, they seem a little bit shocked by the amount that he knows, and he seems to know a lot about dinosaurs. He sat talking with his mum and gives a fact about dinosaurs. Catherine turns to Eddie as he's stood in the doorway and says, just check that on my iPad. So He goes over and checks, and as he does so, Eddie finds that Catherine has been looking at property and jobs in Austin, Texas, and this is something that has not been discussed with him at all. Theo also mentions that he's seen that the house across the street is up for sale, and he's wondering who is going to be their new neighbours. Throughout the episode, Eddie keeps talking to the likes of Gary and Rome about the situation with Catherine, and they essentially say that he needs to talk to his wife. So later on he confronts her and she confesses that she wants to move because of everything that has been going on and she can't handle living in Boston anymore. But she does know that it would be an impracticality because of the Charlie situation and the fact that Eddie wants to be around for her. Eddie gets an idea to try and cheer Catherine up and they go across the street to see this new house. If she wants to move they can move or at least they can pretend to be moving and it's just sort of pull Catherine out of her own head at this point. So they head across the road go to the open house and they say that they're a couple moving to the area from Austin and while going through the house and enjoying the playthrough of it all Catherine and Eddie seem to find something in each other again and while the estate agent is away seeing to another couple Eddie and Catherine decide that they're going to have sex in the walk-in closet of the house. Catherine finds it exciting because she knows that the next time whoever it is who moves into that house comes over to introduce themselves, she can just think, we've had sex in your house. But towards the end of the episode, it seems that Eddie and Catherine are getting back on the same page again. And this whole thing has convinced her that she doesn't want to go She knows she has to make it right, she knows she has to make it work up in Boston, and she's determined to do so. While going through some of her things, Maggie finds the funeral plan that she made before everything happened and she decided that she wanted to stay alive. She's not sure what she wants to do with it at the time and just leaves it where it is. But Maggie's been getting plagued with thoughts of what happened to her brother Chad, and especially since the meeting with the clairvoyant, or the psychic, that has been plaguing her, and she has been having nightmares, and she still thinks that she could probably have helped Chad. Gary is still going to the cancer support meetings, but Maggie has started to refuse to attend them. And throughout the session, the ladies in the group tell Gary that Maggie has probably ready to move on from this whole situation and that's why she doesn't come to the meetings anymore maggie however has gone to visit eric she's so upset because of the whole chad situation it's all sort of got to her recently and she just misses him so much especially with her mother as well eric owns a music store that once belonged to his ex-girlfriend that he took over when she died And Maggie sits down at a piano and starts playing. And she tells Eric that it's something that she hasn't done in so long. At least since Chad died. But she's really good at it. And Eric tells her that there is a bar down the street that does open mic nights. And tonight is one of those nights. And maybe she should go down there and play. Because it might bring her some comfort. Maggie says she's all think about it. And she leaves and goes home. But while she's there, she thinks about the funeral plan again and decides that she has to throw it out. Gary speaks to Maggie about what the ladies said at the meeting and Maggie tells him that they're right, she wants to start living again but also she needs to start figuring out herself without cancer before she can start figuring out what their relationship is or what her relationship with anyone is. She needs to know her life without cancer first. Maggie goes back to her old apartment and she begins playing her keyboard. She sings Let My Love Open The Door, which is an incredible song. It's one of my favourites. I have it on my Spotify playlist and I got it from, funnily enough, The Newsroom. Um, It's one of my favourite versions of the song in that show. And I forgot Maggie played it in this episode, so when it came on, I was incredibly happy. I love that song, and her version of it as well. I'm not sure if it was Alice Miller who actually sang it, but if it was, well played, because she was phenomenal. But while she's there in her apartment playing that song, Gary has gone to the bar because he found a flyer of where this open mic night was and he's gone down there to see if she was there. But the only person he finds is Eric sat in the crowd waiting for her, and Gary just walks out. So it seems that Rome has gone back to directing commercials again. But while visiting the set, Gina notices that the commercial that he's filming is essentially a replay of when they talked about not having kids, and they were both sat in the car together at the dealership. So Gina gets really pissed off because he's playing out their lives for a national audience on this commercial. And not only does it remind Gina of the whole conversation, but when Gary and Eddie see the actress who's playing the part of the woman in the commercial, they already mistake her for Gina. It's also Rome's parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And when Rome's dad gives his wife the gift they got her, which is something that she's been asking for for a very long time. It happens to be a cruise. She's at first blown away by it, but the dad has seemed obligated to do it because she's begged and begged and begged for so long that he's just like, I'm going to give her the gift and then she can shut up about it. And he tells her that once they go on this holiday, he never wants to hear about it again. So it's a bit disheartening to see that The effort was there, but it's to basically shut his wife up. So of course they end up in a fight about it, which means that Gina and Rome both have to take it upon themselves to build a bridge and make things better between Rome's parents. But eventually they do, and Rome's dad apologises to his wife. But this whole situation is worried for Gina, and she seems very unsure about what the next step is for them, because she knows that Rome wants to be a dad, and she knows that at some point they're going to have to really talk about that, and she isn't ready for that talk yet. And so we end with Dee and the family. Dee wants to do a birth announcement for Charlie, but all the pictures that she's trying to show Sophie, Sophie isn't impressed with, and she wants them to do what they would have usually done if Dad was there, and that would be a family portrait. So Dee arranges the photographer to come through, and and it's their regular guy, the guy. He seems like a sweetheart. He drops everything just before he's about to go on holiday to come through and take this photo. But he didn't actually know about John and they died. But he agrees to take the photo anyway. But while they're doing so, Danny refuses to take the picture because John's not there. And then Sophie gets mad at Danny and Dee because they're not taking the picture. So D is essentially damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. So D speaks with Maggie, and tries to get her professional opinion on the whole situation. And Maggie suggests that maybe because they used to do that as a family, their families changed now. That maybe they should be doing a new tradition instead of trying to hold on to the old ones. And then D realizes that she does have a family that she can have the photo with, but it's all of them including Catherine. So she gets them all over to the house and they have a family portrait. Episode 6, Unleashed. Okay, so since this episode is so interwoven, um, I'm finding it very difficult to split it out into separate characters, separate chunks, whatever. So I'm just going to give it a beat for beat and flesh it out where I can. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about stuff that you have no context for and it's going to be difficult for you to follow along or I'm just going to keep going over the same thing again and again to establish the story and where we are. So Maggie and Gary go out with Colin for a walk and Gary asks about Maggie's whereabouts the previous night but she tells him that she'd gone to her old apartment which we know that she has. As they get back to the apartment, Gary goes inside and leaves Colin with Maggie because he needs to go to the toilet. It's at this point that Eric calls and Maggie gets distracted by him. She thinks that Colin's gone in the house with Gary, but unfortunately hasn't. Eric tells Maggie that he saw Gary at the club the night before. So Maggie goes in to lay to rest what had been going on, but it's here that they discover that Colin isn't there. Maggie and Gary head out into the street, frantically shouting up and down and trying to find Colin, but he's not anywhere to be seen. And for what is a really big dog, it's quite shocking that he can get lost. But then again, it is Boston, quite a big city. So. And then I did a little sort of weighing scales motion, which doesn't help, because this is an audio medium, and I'm just realising that. So we see that Eddie has gone over to Dee's, and is looking after Charlie, while Dee goes and records a podcast episode about life after suicide. But due to the fact that Colin's missing, Gary rings him to try and get him on the case, to get him to come over and help look. But he confesses that he has Charlie, and he's not going to be able to get there. Gary gets in contact with Rome and Gina, who agreed to help as well. But they have PJ with them, and Rome knows that PJ could be a problem in all of this, with everything that's going on with his DNA test. Eddie speaks to Catherine, and he tells her about the dog and the fact that he's in the situation that he's in. But Catherine decides that the dog is so important to Gary, and the group at a whole, that they need to find it. So she offers to take Charlie, so that Eddie can go looking for Colin. Colin gets quite skittish around new people, so he might not recognise Catherine, whereas he would recognise Eddie. Maggie decides to stay behind, mainly because Gary is really mad at her. She's going to wait and see if Colin comes back. And just as they're about to head out, Sophie comes around the corner and it turns out that Gina has texted her to tell her where they're going and what they're up to. So she's recruited her in, which annoys Rome a little bit. Gary and Eddie go out in the car while Rome, Gina, PJ and Sophie are all on foot and they think they can cover more ground that way. But while they're out in the car, Gary, again frantic, starts to drive a little recklessly on the roads and ends up getting pulled over by the police. But thankfully Eddie's there, and just tells the officer what the hell's going on, and the officer lets him off with a warning just to be safer, but he understands because he's got a dog as well, and he'd be the same as those guys if he'd lost his dog. But also Gary's so angry with Maggie, not only because she let Colin off the leash, and didn't watch where he was going, but mostly for the fact that she answered the call to Eric, and it's now starting to cause tension between the two of them. Eric, however, visits Maggie, and she explains what's going on while she's beating herself up, and Eric tries to console her. It's at this point that Gary shows up. Eric leaves, and Gary confronts Maggie about everything, with Eric and the calls, and he says she's as pathetic as a mum, which, during the episode, I went, ooh, that is harsh. You know, like I've said before, Maggie is my favourite character in the show, but Gary is the one that I relate to. So I was a bit like, Gary, you can't be saying that. And the unfortunate thing is I've probably said shit like that to people before. I regret it instantly because it's not great to be, be that way, really. It's shitty. But thankfully, I've got some good people around me who know that I was just having a bad time and they forgive me and they give as good as they get as well so you know it's what friends do but it's just harsh while they're out looking for colin sophie and pj are starting to get close and this is worrying rome because they just keep wanting to go off together and he knows that they could potentially be brother and sister so he's a bit freaked out by the whole thing and he's trying to keep an eye on them while Jean is just going aren't they cute together Andrew has taken Dee to the recording and while he's there he's observed the fact that Dee has had to tell this podcast audience a lie about Charlie because she's confessed that it was John's baby all along knowing full well that it's Eddie's and she's sick of all the lies but she knows she has to keep them up to protect her kids. It's here that Andrew admits to Dee that his wife isn't dead like she thought she was and he confesses that she's actually in a coma, and she has been for three years now. And he takes her to and he takes Dee to the hospital to go and visit her while she's with the baby. Catherine starts to bond with Charlie. She realizes the innocence of the child, and she knows that it's not her fault, and it's not Catherine's fault either with what happened. And so, she decides that blaming the baby or, or feeling hatred towards this innocent child isn't the right thing to do and so she feels like she shouldn't take it out on her at all. And while this is all happening, both Maggie and Gary are having two different conversations, Maggie with Gina and Gary with Eddie, about how they think that if they don't find Colin, that their relationship is probably going to end up finishing, because neither can see a way back from this right now. Gary and Eddie are now going around all the dog shelters in the area to try and find out if... A Mastiff has been handed in. And it's at this point that they find out that there was one. And it's been caged up. So they go and see it. But as they get to the cage, the person mentions that the dog's been there a week. And Gary realises straight away that it's not Colin at all. But as they go to leave, Eddie finds a flyer for a dog that went missing called Winston. And it is an exact match to Colin. They all decide to head back to Gary's to reconvene and think of a new plan. But when they get there, PJ goes to throw something out and he hears whimpering coming from the basement and he goes and finds Maggie. They all run down and find that Colin has been in the trash bins in the apartment for the last couple of hours. They ring Gary and let him know what's been going on and that they've found the dog. While everybody's celebrating the fact that Colin is now home, and that PJ is the hero of the day, so to speak. Gina tells Rome that she thinks Sophie and PJ make a cute couple, but Rome tells Gina the truth, that they can't start dating because they might be brother and sister. Dee comes home and finds Catherine there with Charlie, and they sit down and talk about everything that's going on. Catherine tells Dee that she thinks it's for the best not to lie, and that maybe they should be telling the kids... At this point Catherine is sick of lying to Theo and she knows that she wants Eddie to be part of Charlie's life. After Gary thanks everyone and apologises to Maggie for everything that's gone on Eddie mentions to Maggie about the poster and he says I'm going to have to tell him but Maggie says no, this needs to come from me and she takes the poster from Eddie and goes over to let Gary know that he still might have to give up Colin. Episode 7, 10 Years So we'll pick up where we left off from with Gary having this decision about what to do with the dog. He's considering doing what is for the best for Colin and going to see the woman who used to own him. We also see that it's a fairly important day for Maggie. Not only could she be losing the dog but also she's got her driving test but unfortunately she has a panic attack even before the test starts and can't go along with it. Gary goes to see the lady that lost the dog originally and she sees that it's an elderly woman he finds out that the lady's husband died and at the same time she lost the dog and she's also had a hip surgery as well so there's been a lot going on for her and the dog was something that reminded her of her husband so she seems a really sweet lady and Gary obviously feels guilty because he's got Colin or Winston in this case and I just realised that I've been calling the dog Winston, and it's not, it's Wesley, but someone will pick me up on it, maybe. I know I just did. So Gary decides to take, so Gary decides to take Colin for a, one last walk. He takes him down to the park, and he's explaining to the dog that it's for the best, that his owner is there for him, and she'll look after him properly, and that he really should give him back, even though he loves him to bits. But while he's pouring his heart out, Colin walks away, and Gary keeps calling after him for Colin to come back, but he just ignores him. When Gary calls out Wesley, the dog turns around to look at him, and he realises that it is the right dog. Maggie keeps seeing the pain that's in Gary and knows that if it wasn't for her losing the dog in the first place, they would have never found that flyer and therefore never found the owner. And so Maggie decides to take the plunge and since Gary's doing the right thing to give the dog back, she has to get her driving licence. So she goes back to the test centre and gets a test and passes, Also, that she can take the dog because she made the original mistake, and now she can take the dog back so that Gary doesn't have to. As Maggie gets to the house, Gary decides that she can't do this alone, and he drives over after her. He gets to the house and he... He gets to the house and he meets the woman who he's already introduced himself to and tells her that he found her dog, that he wants to give him back and that she's not going to be alone anymore. As soon as she's got the dog indoors, Maggie drags him away from the house, drags him towards the car and starts rushing him. And when she gets him back in the car, Colin pokes his head out from the back seat and they realise that Maggie has gone and got the shelter dog, brought the shelter dog to this woman's house and given her back, air quotes, her Wesley, because the dogs look so similar, apart from one white patch on the ear, which Maggie has coloured in with felt pen. So they drive off with Colin in the car. Rome and Gina have agreed to look after Charlie for Dee, but when PJ shows up, they try to get rid of him before Dee turns up. Dee starts discussing Catherine's idea with Rome and Gina about telling the kids the truth about Charlie. But at the same time, Catherine and Eddie are speaking about exactly the same thing and how it needs to be done. After Dee leaves, Rome ends up getting called into work and Gina has to look after the baby. But she's agreed with Catherine... That she was going to come over and help her bake a cake for Theo's birthday. So now she's got to take the baby with her. So once again, Catherine ends up being confronted by this child. But after last episode where she seemed to get on board with things and knows that it's not the baby's fault, she just sort of embraces it. Eddie goes to CD and tells her that he thinks it's the best thing to do, to be telling the kids, but again, she denies him but he feels sick to death of lying to the kids, especially Theo. And when he's talking to the guys later on, he tells them that the night of John's funeral, he almost drank. But because Theo was there, it saved his life. And he feels like he owes Theo that now. So this is causing real tension within the group. And Catherine and Dee really get into it over the situation. And when Dee asks Eddie to pick sides, he tells her that he's on Catherine's side and that this needs to end now. But Dee once again stands by her kids and tells them that her kids have been through enough and that she's not willing to put them through this. So it wasn't just a big day for Maggie. It was also a big day for Sophie. So at the same time that Maggie was taking her test, Sophie also took hers. But she passed and John had bought a car on the day she was born and was hoping to give her it on the day that she passed. But obviously he wasn't there. So it came down to Dee giving her the car. But of course, like every excited teenager, she wanted to go straight out in it, drive around, which she did. When the family head over to Theo's birthday party, Sophie has been allowed to bring a plus one. So she asks PJ if he wants to come to the party. And when Rome speaks to PJ, he tells him not to worry. They aren't dating. Rome also thinks that Sophie's got a crush on him. After everyone starts to leave, Sophie and PJ go out for a drive. And while they're parked up, Sophie tries to kiss him. And of course... PJ pulls away, thinking that might be his sister. He doesn't want to do anything that might damage their relationship. And he tells her that she's mistaken, that he's not into her that way. But he can't explain why he's hanging out with her so much. But obviously, teenage girl, trying to kiss someone that she likes, gets flustered and tries to drive out of there as soon as she can. Get away from the situation, even though he's in the car. And as she puts her foot down, she crashes. So she has to call her mom, who was with Gina and Rome at the time, and they come over and try and sort things out. At the end of the episode, PJ's DNA box turns up at Rome's apartment because he got it sent there so that he didn't have to confront his mother with it straight away. Gina tells him that he needs to open it because he needs to know what's inside that box before PJ does so that they can handle it whatever way they need to handle it. Rome agrees, and when he opens the box... He reads the letter inside and finds out that the DNA provided from PJ and the DNA found on John's shirt were a match. Episode 8, good night. So just a thought, anyone who says that a Yorkshireman doesn't pronounce his T's, get them to listen to that introduction, because nailed it. We're going to start with my favourite couple again, Gary and Maggie, just because there seems to be a lot of separation between them and the rest of the cast in this episode. So it appears that Maggie has applied for a teaching fellowship in the UK. She's going to be going to Oxford, but hasn't told Gary about any of this until she gets the call about it. She plays it off as not a big deal, but obviously she's going to be going to the UK if she gets this job. And she tells Gary that she applied for this before she got sick, and then deferred it when she found out that she was sick, but never really thought that she'd get the opportunity. And now someone, it seems, has dropped out. So they rang her to find out if she'd be able to come do it. And she tells him that it's only a year. But in fairness, in the full timeline of the show, even though it's two seasons in, it's only been like three months for them. Later on, we see Gary get something out the back of his car and Gina spots all his work stuff is in the back of his car. Turns out that Gary has been fired from his job due to the fact that he's been off so much trying to help Dee and the kids and Maggie and Rome and even somewhat Eddie and Catherine. So now he's got no job, and it seems like his girlfriend's about to leave the country as well. But he asks Gina not to tell anyone. But he also tells Maggie that if she wants to go to Oxford, he wants what's best for her. So he's happy to let her go, and he just hopes that their relationship stands the test of time. Catherine to becomes suspicious of Dee, when Dee all of a sudden out of nowhere cancels plans where Eddie was meant to be looking after Charlie. She thinks that because of the opinions that they both have that Dee is now keeping Charlie away from her father and Catherine thinks that she's about to have a fight on her hands. Dee explains to Gina that she feels ganged up on whenever the situation with Charlie comes up and everyone in the group is heading towards what Eddie and Catherine are saying and not seeing her side of things. But Gina tells her that that's what friends do. Sometimes they have to tell you the thing that you really don't want to hear, because it's for the right reason. After Ricky and with Eddie, Sophie drops a bomb that Dee is actually planning a trip to France over the summer for her and the kids, including Charlie. So when he goes and speaks to Catherine, he's so annoyed with the fact that Dee is taking Charlie that Catherine starts to put two and two together and realises that she's taken her because Eddie's not on the birth certificate and therefore if she wants to take her child out of the country without the father say so, she can because John's dead and he's the one on the birth certificate. She'll also need the permission of the parent to sign for the passport and again she won't need Eddie's permission. So when Eddie speaks to Dee, she's very dismissive of him and basically tells him that he's not on the birth certificate so she can do what she wants with her kids and Catherine's now worried that if she does go she might not come back which leaves Eddie without being able to see his baby again because he has no legal right but Catherine being the lawyer that she is says she'll do everything in her power to make sure that that doesn't happen and again Gina speaks to Dee and tells her that she thinks Eddie has a point and that he should be on the birth certificate and that he should have a say in what happens with his child. But again, Dee just feels ganged up on. And later on we see that Catherine tells Dee that Dee has to put the name of the actual father on the birth certificate, because if she doesn't, Catherine is going to come after her, and she does not want it to be a legal battle, and not against her, because she saw how tenacious she was when she kept them in their own house, so she'll fight just as hard for her husband, but D rejects it again, and has now forced Eddie to start filing paperwork regarding Charlie. So as we know from a few episodes back, Rome's parents are going to be going on a cruise that was organised by Rome's dad, and wanted by his mother for so so long. But while they're away, Rome's brother Omar is going to be looking after the house, which really pisses him off, because as we know from the past episodes, they've got tension between them, and he just feels like Omar is just a slacker, living off his parents. So as people do, they want things to be just right, perfect, and Gina has arranged for Rome's mum to go to a salon, where Gina usually goes. It's while she's talking to Dee about the situation with Catherine that Gina gets a phone call and it's from the salon. Gina has to run out of the restaurant and go home. She goes in and tells Rome and Omar what's happened. It turns out that she's had a massive aneurysm right there in the salon and before the ambulance could even get there she was gone. Rome goes upstairs to tell his father and his father's still packing and won't let Rome take his attention away from what he's doing. Rome tells him what's happened and he says, I already know, I heard you talking but I told your mother I'd go on this trip so I'm going, is what she would have wanted, and I'm going to honour her memory. Now it seems that plenty of time passes in this episode, because the next thing we see is Rome is having his funeral for his mother, and while at the graveside, Rome starts to shovel the dirt onto his mother's casket, and here all the guys band together, including PJ who's also there, and they rally round Rome and start putting shovels into dirt, and help him with what he's trying to do, trying to honour his mother. It's a really touching moment. But when he goes over to his dad, hoping that his dad will at least say something nice to him, his dad tells him, you're just going to get the car dirty now, son. And you just feel for Rome at that point. All he ever tries to do is impress his dad or do something that will make his dad feel like he's proud of him. And his dad just won't engage with him. It's so sad. Towards the end, we see Rome's dad's real feelings about everything now that his his wife's gone he tells Rome that he's going to need him now more than ever and it proves that he isn't just a hard-nosed piece of shit all the time that somewhere there is a lot of care and love for Rome So it turns out that from the earlier episode when PJ was talking about going to college to test whether his mum knew whether they could afford it, he'd actually applied. And not only that, he's now been accepted. But when he spoke to his mother to see if there were any extra funds that he could have, turns out there aren't any because she still won't accept John's money. But of course PJ knows all about that. While at the funeral, Sophie blows up at PJ when he approaches her. And Wendy goes to speak to her and reassures her that it's not because of the way she looks, it's not anything physically to do with her, even though Dee doesn't know the reason why PJ rejected her. Sophie just tells her that she wants to run away, she wants to hide, and she wants to go to France. While at Rome's, PJ finds the DNA test and reads the results to find out that the DNA matches between his and the DNA that was on John's sports jersey. At the end, Mitch shows up and he's looking for PJ, just as D is about to leave. And it's here that D, for the first time, realises that Mitch and PJ are related. And she goes back to confront Gina and Rome. And finally, we are on to episode 9, Time Stands Still. And again, I think here it's appropriate to pick up where we left off. So we see that Gina has told D about what's been going on with PJ, and the fact that they know that PJ is John's son. And it's at this point that PJ has gone missing, because after the funeral, when Rome found that the box was gone, with the DNA test in it, he has no idea where PJ is. So he's trying to get hold of him frantically. Mitch has now gone back home, and he's trying to get hold of PJ as well, but... He also knows, but he rings his buddy from the precinct, who he spoke to in an earlier episode, and tries to find out where PJ was the day that he was seen, and it turns out that the guy saw him down near Dee's, so Mitch knows exactly where he's gone. PJ shows up at Dee's, she tries to talk to him about everything with John, but she's also contacted Rome at the same time to let him know that PJ's safe and that Rome should come and get him. Rome takes PJ home so that he can speak with his parents. And PJ yells at Mitch and tells him that he's not his dad and that he's just so angry at the whole situation. And it's understandable because he feels like he's been lied to, but poor Mitch, he's he's his dad at the end of the day. Um, look, DNA's one thing, but a father is a father at the end of the day. If the man has looked after you, treated you right, kept a roof over your head, god damn it. Like, he's your dad. That's it. I'm not saying what Mitch and Barbara did was right, but they should have told him at some point. But also he shouldn't disrespect his dad like that. But Mitch eventually tells him the truth and tells him all about John and also John's friend who is his actual dad. But PJ tells him about the DNA test. Dee speaks to Rome and tells him that she thinks that he's a hypocrite for the way that he's been treating her recently because she is basically being forced to tell everyone about Charlie. But he sat there on this information about John and PJ and hasn't told a soul. And she just feels that it's unfair. He's got one standard and... Everyone else has others. PJ leaves and Mitch speaks to Barbara and tells her all about the DNA test. But she knows who PJ's dad is and it's definitely not John. Dee then shows up at the restaurant and she is also pissed off at Gina. She tells her the exact same thing that she did Rome. She thinks that they're both hypocrites because they're lying. PJ now finds out that it was actually John's friend who was his actual father from Barbara and now he feels more alone than ever and he's gone round to Rome's and he's out on the roof. So right now at Rome's apartment there's Rome and PJ on the roof. Maggie because she's PJ's therapist. Gina because she lives there. D, because she is trying to confront both Rome and Gina about this whole situation and mitch and barbara pj's parents so rome calls down to gina on his phone and she hears the whole conversation going on on the roof everyone rushes up the stairs but maggie stops them from going out she says if everyone rushes out there he'll jump he trusts rome he needs to hear what's going on and he'll come down but they can't rush out there rome joins pj on the ledge and he tells him that he's not alone. He tells him the story of how he felt months earlier. And that if it wasn't for his friends, he wouldn't be here. And PJ needs to feel that, that he's not alone. He has a bunch of people around him that love him, that care for him. Honestly, he'll be fine. And PJ understands and he comes off the ledge. It's now that D realises all the lies are just going to cause more and more issues. And it could end up tearing everyone apart. And she doesn't want this sort of thing happening to her own kids. So she understands and she decides that it's time. Mitch and Barbara take PJ home and tell him the full story of what went on and who his father actually was. And towards the end of the episode, Gina tells Rome that she was so happy about what Rome did and she was so proud of him that she realised that he needs to be a dad. It was just her own hang-ups of her parents and the adults that she had in her life when she was a kid that made her not want to have children. She didn't want to fuck them up the way that she'd been fucked up, but knowing that she's got someone like Rome by her side, she tells him that she wants to adopt. So Gary seems to be putting a brave face on it when it comes to the fact that Maggie might be going to the UK. He's set up a desk that is all sort of British-themed, and he's trying to make it so that this web conference that Maggie's about to have, sort of an interview, um, goes really well, and that she is in the British spirit, so to speak. Gary also hasn't told Maggie that he's been fired, and at this point, she's currently just going round the flat, searching around for her passport, and she asks him, shouldn't you be at work? And and he realises that he's got to go, because otherwise she'll get suspicious, so he leaves. And after he leaves, she's searching through some drawers and finds a ring that Gary has stashed away. Gary to stay away from his... Gary to stay away from his flat. And therefore Maggie has gone over to see Enid, the old lady who had Colin the dog originally, and now has new Wesley, I suppose we could say. And she tells him that he really needs to speak to Maggie about his work that all this lying to her isn't going to help her in the long run, or him for that matter. She also tells him that the dog that she has isn't Wesley, and she's pretty much known from the day that he brought him, but she loves him just as much anyway. So Maggie rings Gina, freaking out about the ring, and she asks him if Gary's been speaking about any big news that he wants to tell Maggie, and Gina says... Yeah, there is some big news, but I think he needs to talk to you about it. Now, at this point, Gina is thinking about the fact that Gary's lost his job, but then Maggie mentions the ring, and she clams up. So when Dee goes over to the restaurant, Gary also goes over, and it's here that he tells them all that he lost his job because of everything that he's been doing for everyone else. And it's at this point that Maggie learns for the first time that he lost his job. She speaks to him about the ring, and he tells her it was for from before, when she was sick. And Maggie thinks it's a little bit crazy to get married. She thinks it's a bit too soon, and she just feels like she needs time for herself. But because Maggie starts to question the relationship, Gary questions her reaction. And it's here that she tells him that she loves him, but she needs to figure out what's next for her. Because as far as she was concerned, she didn't have a future. But Gary doesn't think that she wants it anymore. So he tells her that he thinks they're done. Maggie begins packing to leave the apartment again. And Gary goes out drinking. And he ends up picking someone up while he's out at the bar. Maggie gets a phone call about the fellowship. And finds out that she hasn't actually got it. So now she's going to have to stay in Boston. But she's called Eric. And Eric's come over to help her pack up. While he's getting the last few bits into her apartment. Eric gets a call and the person on the other end says something about he has something to tell Maggie, but he says it's the wrong time. Eddie and Catherine start speaking to a lawyer about Charlie. At first, he thinks it's to do with custody of Theo, but they tell him that they've reconciled and that they're staying together, and it's actually to do with another child that he had with the woman that he had the affair with. The lawyer knows about the whole DNA situation and the fact that, He's not on the birth certificate. So he tells Eddie that this is going to be a really difficult situation for him to get through. And it's going to be a hard time throughout. He may not even get the result that he wants. So Eddie tries one last time to get through to Dee. He calls Gary and asks him if he'll go and speak to Dee before lawyers have to get involved. So this is why Dee goes to the restaurant. Because... Eddie, Catherine and Gary all show up as well. But once again, Dee feels ganged up on. So Gary mediates the whole thing, but throughout just, just goes off his nut about the whole situation and tells them that they are ripping the group apart and so he needs them to sort his shit out. And this is when he tells everyone that he lost his job and this is how Maggie finds out. So after the whole incident with PJ and the fact that Dee has signed the paperwork to put Eddie on the birth certificate, they now have to tell their own children. So Dee tells Sophie and Danny, and they are not happy about this. They both storm off. Eddie and Catherine are about to tell Theo, when they just hear a load of noise coming from the back garden. They go out and find Sophie in Eddie's studio, throwing things around like guitars, smashing things up, and... She's just yelling and screaming at him. Telling him how much she hates him. And all of this. Is witnessed by Theo. So we are done. Another episode done. Episode 3 of season 2. Gone. In the bag. What an episode man. You know. Um, I say it again and again. This show. It gets me. It really does. Um, I want to give a shout out to this last episode. Um, in it. They played the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. And when everything was summing up, like the whole situation with Sophie and them telling the kids and Maggie and Gary breaking up, they were playing Goo Goo Dolls. And Iris is such a beautiful song and such a well written song that anytime it's on, anytime it's in a show, I love it and the way that it plays out for the scene is brilliant. Um the fact that Maggie and Gary are broke up hurts. Breaks my heart. I love those two together. Um seeing Alison Miller cry makes me want to cry because she's such a good actress. There's no there's no one that makes me feel as much as she does when I see her especially in this show. The only thing I will say for Gary is I see a lot myself in him, but I certainly wouldn't be the person that goes out and picks up someone straight away at a bar. God, I can't even pick someone up in two years, let alone a fucking bar. I love the dynamic between Rome and Gina. I think they're so good together. They're such a cute couple. They're so sweet, so loving together. And I'm glad that Gina is finding some sort of peace with what happened in her past. And now she realises that she's got a man who is good enough that will instil good values in a child instead of the values that had been instilled in her or how she feels about how she was brought up. So it's good that she's now compromising. She's now seeing the good in her husband. I think Dee is right and wrong throughout these episodes. It must fucking suck to... You have to tell your kids something like that. But it's like the old saying goes if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Like, I understand that affairs happen, God I had my fair share, but it's horrible to be in a situation where you the, there's kids involved. Thankfully, I've, I've never had it, so I wouldn't know, but I can imagine it is. I can imagine it's not easy, and especially if that person ends up pregnant. Oh, God, it must be so hard. So yeah, um, I empathise with her, but I also think that she needed to tell the kids earlier than this. I love the development of Catherine's character over this last series as well. I find Grace Park fucking mesmerising when she's on screen. I think she's great. She's so fucking cool. It's unbelievable. And then she just seems like a badass. She just seems like an absolute fucking queen. I love her to bits. But yeah, this series, it's... It's a hard one. Rome losing his mother. It's really hard. I forgot it happened and then I'm sat going through it for this episode and I'm watching and as soon as Gina gets the phone call I went oh shit, his mum's died. It's so sad, man. Like, and I don't know the timeline but it was super quick to get that funeral over and done with because the dad was packing to go away and whether he did or not I don't know but It was super quick. So I'm assuming that there was a couple of weeks in between that. But yeah, for three months in their world, it's crazy how much has gone on. And thinking about it now, there must be something wrong with the timeline. Because I'm pretty sure Maggie says something about it's only been a couple of months since they've been together. I suppose it could be a couple of months since she got the all clear of her treatment. And that's what she means by being together. Because otherwise Dee wouldn't have had a kid by now. So that must be it. That her and Gary have only been able to get into life together over the last couple of months. Because she's got the all clear. That made me think. Anyway, it's getting late here. So, and uh, I've got a big wrestling event to go tomorrow. I'm going to All In Wembley. So I can't fucking wait. But as always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy a million little things. If you are a wrestling fan, I hope you enjoy All In. If you aren't a wrestling fan, give it a go. AEW's pretty good, and I hope you're all well out there. Speak soon. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.